Welcome to the Amy Rushworth Show. I'm your host, Amy, coach to multidimensional leaders, wild souls, and a voice for unapologetic pleasure, abundance, feminine liberation, and body-based business. This show is for the woman who has big, badass dreams, and every episode is a catalyst for your healing, your turn on, your wealth, your freedom, your embodiment, and your soul awakening. You're going to hear heartfelt, unfiltered solo episodes, as well as soul nourishing combos with incredible teachers and industry leaders. May every episode expand, inspire, teach, ignite, or show you the way to living your best fucking life unapologetically. Are you fucking ready? Let's go. Welcome back to the show, beautiful human. I am so excited to be recording this one because it's a really big celebration. I recently crossed the seven-figure mark in revenue in my business, which is obviously a huge milestone, but also a really powerful moment for me to reflect on the journey that's been. And one of the big reasons I love to reflect on the journey and different points in my journey is because I know there's always going to be so many golden nuggets and so much wisdom that I get to share with you. And so this episode is going to be about some of the ingredients that became the recipe of this seven-figure and evolving multiple seven-figure, hopefully soon, business So you're probably going to want to take all the notes or maybe you just want to lean in and listen with intent and ears and eyes wide open. Whatever is your vibe is perfect. And there's so many different things that I could share about the journey and the ingredients, but I've chosen eight that feel really powerful and really, uh, you know, monumental in this journey of creating this successful business that is evolving and this brand and this company and you know there's so much more to come but these are the pieces that have really impacted the journey. So the first piece that I want to share with you is the power of deciding. The power of deciding. I am a very decisive person but I haven't always been. I remember once I had a healing like super early on in my journey around the time I'd started my business and the kinesiologist said to me, there's a lot of wishy-washy energy in your body and that's such a beautiful way to describe it, wishy-washy, this energy of being kind of in, kind of out, kind of not sure, kind of indecisive and so throughout my business and this has been the greatest gift, I've learned how to be more and more decisive and really clear about what I want what I want to do, who I want to be and where I'm going and how I'm going to get there. And that doesn't mean that I make a decision and then it's a straight path to the thing that I want, but it means that I trust myself to have this energy of decisiveness so that as this winding road of business ebbs and flows, as deviations occur, as problems and challenges come up or when things don't go the way that I hoped, I can trust myself to be in that driver's seat with a very decisive energy about what to do next. What do we want to learn? What did we learn from this experience? Where are we going next? 
And the reason that I'm starting with this piece first is because I think it's incredibly important for newer entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs who are even in the first couple of years of their business to really embody this trait. There's a few reasons for this. When you are in an indecisive energy, you're in this kind of back and forth energy, this push-pull energy. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have to decide that you're going to be an entrepreneur because it's not an easy path. It can be a beautiful path. There can be so many moments of ease. You can bring ease to the journey. You can choose not to be hard on yourself. But not everyone is built to be an entrepreneur, truthfully, because it takes a certain amount of resilience. It takes a lot of self-trust. It takes a lot of self-worth and self-esteem to walk this path that you're going to walk, particularly when a lot of people don't understand or relate to or comprehend. So you have to really have this energy of deciding that this is the path that you're going to walk and you have to keep deciding. You have to keep recommitting. And there's going to be many moments for you to do this in entrepreneurship. You're going to have days in your business where you want to give up. You're going to have moments where shit hits the fan. You're going to have moments where you thought something was going to be incredible and it turns out to be a mess. And you have to decide in that moment what you want it to mean. A lot of people might decide in those moments that they want to give up their business. They want to hide. They want to make it mean that they're not a good entrepreneur or they don't know what they're doing. And the truth is that all entrepreneurs are figuring things out as they go because if you're an entrepreneur who's constantly scaling, growing, evolving, trying new things, you're always going to have some element of being in this like uncharted water. So it's not that you need to be perfect. It's not that you need to compare yourself to someone who is five years ahead of you, but what it is, is deciding that you're going to show up for the task, for the challenge, for the experience, deciding that you're going to put those CEO pants on and handle it, even if you don't know how you're going to handle it because you're handling whatever you're handling for the first time. And To me, this energy is that energy of resilience. It's the energy of courage. And it's the energy of being all in for what you say is your path. So if you're choosing to be an entrepreneur, this decisive energy is about playing the long game. And sometimes I think in the industry, particularly the coaching industry, but kind of like the entrepreneurial world in general, there can be a real fixation on how quickly you can make money or how quickly you can get to a certain milestone in success. And I think it is impressive, right, when we see people collapse time in that way and, you know, they create these incredible amounts of wealth or money in timeframes that almost seem like unrealistic to an everyday person. There is an inspiration in that for sure. But if you're measuring your worth or sort of going back and forth on your decision to be an entrepreneur based on how quickly you can do it versus actually looking at, well, what's the impact that I'm making? What are the choices that I'm making giving rise to in the future? What's my legacy? What's my long-term vision for this business? Like if you're disregarding all of that because you're trying to make six figures in six minutes, it's kind of like you're missing the point and that's always going to yield short-term results. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, you got to be in it for the long game. 
right? You've got to be in there for the long term. You've got to have a mindset of deciding again and again and again and again for the rest of your life or the next 10 years or however long your vision is. And so the power of deciding is so important. And what strengthens this power of deciding is really getting clear on what your why is. Why do you do the things you do? Why do you create the things that you create in the world? Why is this business important for the world? Why is your business and your service and your legacy important to the people that you help? Why do you get out of bed every single day to choose and to decide to walk this path? of entrepreneurial courage. And if you get really deeply connected to that why every single day, it makes it a little bit easier to embody that decisive energy or to reconnect to that energy when you have a moment where you lose sight of it. Because there will be moments where you lose sight of that decisive energy. You feel confused or you're going through something really challenging or even triggering your business and the little gremlin voices are coming in telling you to give it all up, that you're not enough, that you're not worthy of the success that you want. And it's in those moments that it's especially integral to reconnect to your why and decide again, I am an entrepreneur and this is my path and I won't give up. I'll do what it takes. And if you look at so many successful people in the world, you'll see they're the ones that didn't give up. They're the ones who hung on a little longer than the ones who did give up. And they're the ones that end up making their dreams a reality. So there is a deep resilience in this. And the thing about resilience is that we build resilience through challenge and hardship. We don't build resilience through having everything handed to us. We don't build resilience through luck, through being in the right place at the right time. We build resilience through getting kicked down a few times and getting up a few more times. We build resilience through facing the things that challenge us or scare us a little bit or make us feel uncomfortable. And we build it through rising through those experiences, showing up through those experiences. And yes, giving ourselves compassion and care and rest, but not giving up, showing up even more so in those moments especially in the early days when you're the only one who's believing in you, especially in the early days when nobody's liking your stuff or buying from you yet or your family isn't supporting you or people are judging you or laughing at you. Most entrepreneurs have been there, so just know you're not alone and your power is not in what anyone else has to say about what you're doing. Your power is in the power of deciding what you're going to do Deciding who you're going to be, deciding the mark you want to make on the world and continuously recommitting to that agreement that you're making with yourself and with your higher power and with the world. The second piece that I want to share is that I make moves from my future self, not from my past self. The future self is going to tell me to do things that's going to challenge me. Right? especially if it's things that I've never done before. But I'm a firm believer that if I've never done something before, it's always going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. There's always going to be some risks. There's going to be some unknowns there. This is not 
happy news for our past self. This is not happy news for our ego, for the part of us that wants to keep us safe. The part of us that wants to stay safe and comfortable wants us to do the things that we know how to do, that we have experience with. Because this part of us knows like, oh, well, when we do that, this is the consequence and we can handle that consequence. So let's do it like that. And there is some power in sort of like the rinse and repeat model where you are doing something over and over and over again and creating consistency and repetition. That's not completely invalid. But if we want to grow and expand and go into these new uncharted territories of our business, of investing in our business, of growing our team, of launching new things we've never launched before, it's going to feel uncomfortable because you're a beginner in this dimension. And I think a lot of the time we're afraid of that because we're afraid of being a beginner. We're afraid of looking silly. We're afraid of doing something really wild or radical and doing it publicly if you have an online presence and then people seeing you fail and feeling like an idiot, (laughs) right? But just know it's the same for every entrepreneur. Even the entrepreneurs who are seven or eight-figure entrepreneurs, they're in that beginner space a lot of the time. There are areas where they are an expert because they've done the rinse and repeat. They know what they're doing. They have confidence. They have compounded courage and experience in those areas so they can kind of like nail those. But typically speaking, most successful entrepreneurs have a mindset of wanting to grow and expand and experience new things. And if we want to grow, expand and experience new things, we're constantly going to be in some way in the beginner seat in the newness, in the unknown, in the uncertainty. And so I've kind of grown a taste (laughs) for this, right? And probably a lot of entrepreneurs who are more sort of mature in their journey would say the same, like learning to love the uncertainty, learning to love the mystery. And so my future self, she loves a mystery. And I speak with her and I conversate with her. And I think about when I'm making a decision, particularly if it's a scary decision, like if if I'm investing the most that I've ever invested in a mentor or a mastermind or I'm expanding the team and hiring new people, which means like more and more expenses, I like to conversate with a version of myself in like a year or two years from now. And I say, well, what do you think about this investment? Like, does, does this feel like a lot of money to you, future Amy? Or is this just like totally fine for you because you're absolutely killing it and I sort of have a meeting with this version of myself so that she can like give me the pep talk and so I make the moves based on who I want to become how I want to grow not what feels safe in the now because what feels safe in the now comes from my past self what feels safe in the now comes from everything I've already experienced it comes from comfort and my comfort zone So it's not that I need to throw myself in the deep end constantly, although there is quite a lot of deep end jumping going on (laughs) from time to time, but it's about looking at my fear or my edges through the lens of, well, what does me in two years say about that? So I really think that this is so important in the entrepreneurial journey, having this growth mindset having an awareness of looking to the future as inspiration, not as something to worry about, not as something to have anxiety over, 
but just looking to the future version of me for soulful wisdom and advice about what moves I can make now rather than like the sort of default method of the mind which is to always think about well, what happened in the past what have I created in the past especially when you're envisioning big things if you want to have really big launches or you want to increasingly make more and more money or you want to have a quantum leap the only information your past has to give you is what you've already done what you've already experienced what you've already seen but that's the opposite direction right if you want something more than what you've had you're not going to look to the past version of you for advice you're going to imagine the future version of you Or perhaps for some of you, it may be easier to look at someone that you feel a lot of resonance with, maybe someone you admire that is further along in their entrepreneurial journey than you. Not so that you can compare, not so that you can copy, but so that you can sort of use them almost as like a symbol of your future self and recognizing that they also started as a beginner. They also walked the steps that you're currently walking and sort of using them as a catalyst or a vision of what's possible for you. And using that as a metaphor or a mirror for meeting your edges in the now and taking steps and making moves that are going to grow, expand and ascend your business. And there's one specific example I want to give to you with this. Something that I see other entrepreneurs struggle with but it hasn't been a struggle for me, is investing in mentors, right? So sometimes uh, people approach me to work together and they really want to invest in me. Their desire is to do that, but they have fear because they've like invested in a mentor before and it didn't work out well for them or it wasn't a match or they felt like they lost a ton of money and didn't get a ton of value. And so it inhibits them from investing again. They've got like a fear around that, which is valid, right? It's valid to have emotions and feelings around disappointment and feeling like you didn't get what you wanted based on your expectations of an investment. But if you let that past pain or you let that past disappointment block your desires in the now, you do yourself a huge disservice. Like, yes, maybe don't invest in the same mentor again if they're not an energetic match for you. But it's like, don't let that decision or that experience stop you from making the decisions that are in alignment in the now. You have to be willing to face disappointment as an entrepreneur, not always in the way you invest, but you're going to be disappointed in business. You're going to have clients who disappoint you. You're going to have people who you think are going to buy from you and then they pull out. You're going to have people who maybe don't pay their payment plans sometimes, you know, like these are natural experiences and events in a business when you deal with hundreds or thousands of people with complex brains and nervous systems and emotions and stories right? So you have to be willing to face disappointment and you have to be willing to make your desires bigger than your fears of disappointment. If you invest in someone and it doesn't work out, I have a belief that actually it did work out, right? So one of the first mentors that I invested in, not the very first, but like quite early on in my business, I ended up being like quite disappointed by the experience. I had really high expectations. I think it was like the most money that I'd ever spent. 
at that time. And yeah, it just wasn't a match for me for whatever reason. And I didn't dwell on it. I didn't, you know, get angry at the mentor. I didn't say anything. I didn't not invest in the next mentor. I just realized like there was a part of me that invested in that for some kind of reason. A part of me was an energetic match for that. And to be honest, you know what I learned? I learned so much from that experience because I learned what it's like to feel disappointed as a client. I learned about the things that happen in containers that I wouldn't want to have in my containers. And in a way, I got that value of investment back. I think it was like six grand that I spent on this coach. And so even though I didn't get what I expected I was going to get, I didn't quote unquote get a positive lesson or like a positive experience. In a way, I did get a positive experience because I learned a lot about what not to do as a coach. I learned about how not to handle people uh, in your containers because there were other people who complained and the way that it was dealt with was super unprofessional. And so I really learned a lot through observing that. And in a way, those lessons were incredibly valuable. And it felt really powerful for me to take responsibility for that and recognize like there was a part of me that chose this container for a reason. A part of me chose the experience for a reason. And the coach kind of delivered everything she said she was going to deliver. I just had different understandings of what that would feel like and look like. And so it was really powerful for me to go through that experience and to not make her wrong to not make myself wrong, but just to see it as powerful reflection and, you know, a dividend on the investment that I didn't see coming. And I would never, ever, ever let that experience stop me from then investing in my business because if that experience had have stopped me, my business would not be a seven-figure business. I've worked with so many coaches since then. I've done so many different things in my business, so many different, you know, things that I outsource, so many different people that I collaborate with that are on my team now. And I, if I had like fear around spending money in my business because of that one experience, that would be not only a disservice to me, but thousands of people around the world that I now work with, you know? So I just wanted to like slide this one in there because I think it's something that happens a lot in the industry. And the very best thing you can do if you have an experience like that is like don't let it stop you from making moves towards your future. Don't let it disempower you. Every single situation that comes at me in life, I have the attitude of like, how can I let this serve me? Even the really crappy, shitty things, right? So it's not about blaming myself. I don't say I attracted this and it's my fault and I'm a piece of shit and I must have really negative vibes but I look at it and go okay well this is happening whether I want it to or not and so how can I take it and use it for my advantage how do I take this and use this for wisdom for self-reflection for strength for courage for resilience is there a deeper meaning in this that's going to massively accelerate my journey is there a really powerful moment of integration here and some people might think that that's like just positive thinking but I can tell you now it serves me incredibly well it allows me to not get triggered about 
things that happen probably every week in my business. It allows me to stay grounded. It allows me to stay focused. It allows me to be a really fucking good coach because I can hold my own. And I recognize that there is beauty and magic and medicine in every single experience and moment. And I think that that's really powerful, a really powerful trait to have as an entrepreneur to see everything as in service to the greater mission. The third piece, the union of soul and strategy. So as I'm sure you know, I'm very feminine in terms of my leadership. I love to work and focus on the energetics and beliefs of business, of making money, all of the things, success, life, reality, manifestation. But I'm also a huge advocate of using strategy. I have like five Virgo placements in my astrology chart. And so I have a way about me that's quite pragmatic. I also recently discovered the deeper layers of my numerology and my life path number is four. So this is very much in that kind of same realm as those Virgo-esque traits of being very like logical, pragmatic, grounded, sensible, even though like all my others in numerology, all the other numbers in numerology are not sensible. (laughs) Um, But I do have this very like earthed, practical, uh, like aspect of me and a sharp mind. And so strategy and structure and systems are an important part of my business. And they've actually been a huge part of me being able to scale to beyond seven figures. So uh, there was a mastermind call that I was on recently And we were talking about masculine strategy and like the yang of business. And our coach at the time was going through all the different strategies, systems and structures. And I at the time was thinking, you know what, I think I need more strategy and structure. And by the end of this call, I realized like, no, I don't. I literally have every single thing on this call in my business. And so Uh, I thought it was important to share that in this episode because sometimes it can seem like people are just doing things by magic. But actually, if you look beyond the surface, beyond Instagram, with a lot of, you know, multiple six-figure and seven-figure, even eight-figure businesses, there is strategy at play. And the reason that it's not always obvious is because it isn't really forceful strategy, but it's strategy that's infused with that creator's authenticity. So it doesn't even feel like strategy. They're speaking their truth, they're sharing their gifts, and they're just doing it in a strategic way so that it can be efficient, so that it can resonate with people, so that it can actually nurture people into buying paid programs, which is the ultimate goal of your business and your content, right? So I think it's really important to say that it's not soul and energetics It's not only strategy and structure, but actually it's a tango and a union between these things. And so I'm super excited at the moment because I'm mapping out all of the content for my new business immersion, Unapologetic. And this is just the most beautiful union of strategy as well as the energetics of being unapologetic and bold and untamed and expressive because all of those things are incredible and they're such a big compass in the business but equally like the strategy and the structure of your business is the foundation so that that expression can actually land in the heart of your community and create a result. 
And the result obviously is not to just pour out free content and never get paid. The result is obviously to pour out beautiful free content and get paid so that you can take people on deeper transformations or have them come into your containers or give them your deeper service in a paid way. And from an energetic standpoint and literally your physical energy, strategy and structure is important. Because if you have none of it, you're just throwing out content and energy here, there and everywhere and you're not even aware of how it's landing. You're not measuring it. You don't have any containership around it. And so that's actually going to be incredibly exhausting at some point, especially if you're financially dependent on your business and you're not just creating for fun or as like a hobby. You know, the strategy actually allows you to feel safer in the authenticity of your creations and the expression and all of the beautiful free content that you pour into the world. Strategy helps to contain it. Kind of like how, you know, the feminine can safely surrender when there's the container of the masculine there to hold her or the yin can surrender into the yang. So I see these two not as contrary and not as contrasting. They're not enemies at all. They're actually integrative forces that work together in harmony and that's again why in unapologetic which is happening in 2022 we do a mix of different calls that have different energies and dynamics so we have like coaching calls and teachings and learning about strategy but we also have embodiment ceremonies and we connect emotionally and we bring the vulnerability and the celebration in as well because when a container is dynamic like that, it's going to allow you to actually like evolve into your own dynamic nature as a business owner and feel held and integrated in all the areas rather than just like feeling really powerful in one area and not so powerful in the other area. The fourth piece of this sequence towards my seven-figure business and beyond is all around the identity of wealth embodying that identity and of course money mindset and prosperity consciousness work this has been a huge staple of my business journey from the very beginning money mindset for me has been so transformational my money mindset is completely different to what it was like seven years ago oh my goodness I was literally thinking yesterday because I was looking at some old photos of myself when I'm like 23 and I was remembering how I used to live in this really chaotic relationship with money, like total feast and famine and my mindset was so different. I remember I used to just always be thinking and ruminating and stressing about money and kind of being like stingy to be honest almost like pretending that I was generous but being stingy and always thinking about how I could get out of paying for that cab or if I could just like walk five kilometers to the party so I didn't have to like, I don't know, use my petrol or something. Like it was so polar opposite to how I am now. It is crazy. And all of that shift and that transformation has come from focusing a lot on money mindset work throughout my whole business and at every single level, because at every single level of income and impact 
there are new layers for us to dissolve there are new stories that show up particularly once you move beyond certain levels of your money mindset and the money that you actually have in your business so once you move beyond a certain point of like needing a certain sale and needing a certain amount of money to actually survive to pay your bills and you're in overflow you like past me thought oh, you know, once I get to overflow, then I'm sweet, right? But then I got to overflow and I'm making way more money than I've ever made even in a year and I'm making it sometimes in a day. And then all of these new narratives come up. All of these new patterns start to kind of pop through the surface, sometimes consciously and sometimes unconsciously. So it's a really beautiful thing to keep doing this work, to keep learning about, you know, the money paradigms that exist in the world we're in, the conditioning, the different ways that that conditioning shows up in different contexts in our lives and businesses. And also looking at the energetics of money is really important when you're scaling, when you're wanting to call in more clients or wanting to call in more revenue, because at every single level, we're energetically shifting and we're energetically expanding to hold more and to hold more responsibility as well. And some of us unconsciously are actually low key or high key afraid of having more money or having bigger launches because we're afraid of the responsibility of holding that much money, even though our conscious mind is like, fuck yeah, of course I want to have a million (laughs) dollars. Of course I want to have a six figure launch. Of course I do. Why wouldn't I want that? There can often be these deeper imprints within us that's like, fuck no, I don't want that. Because I learned when I was growing up that money equals this or people who have lots of money are bad or more money, more problems, as that song used to say. Can't remember which song it was, but (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like a cultural saying of like more money, more problems, you know, and the truth is more money, less problems (laughs) in my experience. But we got to look at these different layers that come up at every single part of our journey and be brave enough to face them, to work with them, to play with them without making ourselves wrong. So this has been hugely important for me. It's also really deep identity work because, you know, when we accrue more money or we're desiring to do that, we are taking on some kind of new identity in that, the identity of being the woman who earns that much or the identity of being the woman who is the breadwinner in her house, like me, for example. This has been like a hugely impactful and restorative experience for me because I am the breadwinner of my house, right? I'm the one who earns the money because Tristan has a startup and, you know, they don't really pay themselves. They recently started paying themselves a tiny bit, but like I am the one who is the provider and I never really had that modeled to me, even though my mom worked full time and she earned really good money. I never actually um, saw her in that identity. I always saw her needing to uh, receive support from grandparents or my dad was like sending money or my dad was the one who was earning more money. And it was always like, this unconscious story growing up of like, oh, you're the woman. So you need to find like a man who can support you or like the men are the ones who get rich and provide for the women. Even if the women have jobs and earn money, the men just have it easier and they earn way more. And they are like your sugar daddy basically. 
And this wasn't conscious in my mind. This was like an unconscious narrative repeating in the background. And so for me, moving into this identity of being the woman who provides everything for herself, who even provides for her partner, who is providing for her family, for her parents. You know, I give other people money now. It's like, it's an identity shift, you know, and with an identity shift, that part of us that wants to cling to comfort and the known can get disrupted. And so we need to have like ways that we work with that and awareness of our stories and the different layers and patterns that emerge so that we can make sure that we're not self-sabotaging and that we can fully receive the money and fully receive the recognition of that with an open heart. So you can bet your bottom dollar that we're going to be talking about wealth, wealth energetics, money mindset, prices, all of that kind of jazz in Unapologetic because it's a huge theme of business. It's an area that so many women feel stuck around embodying their wealth identity, especially spiritual women. I can't tell you how many messages and people who write in to me about like feeling, um, you know, like afraid to be this spiritual woman who also desires big money and wealth and prosperity. So this is like a huge part of why I've also been put on the planet. My gene keys also says this. I have all these different keys that say like, you're here to help spiritual people um, enjoy and access and love the earthly realm, like money, pleasure, all the sensual stuff. My numerology also reflects this. So I'm hugely passionate about this. And it's also been the source of my biggest wound as well. But the irony is that usually the place where we're most wounded is the place where our power is lying. So you know how it goes. The fifth piece is knowing the difference between surrender and giving up. Giving up is not the same as surrender. I'm going to repeat that. Giving up is not the same as surrender. A lot of people do this. They give up and they go, I'm just surrendering to the universe, you know? And I just think that that's bullshit, to be honest, right? Surrendering is the energy of this or something better. This is what I want, but I'm also open to what spirit has for me. And it's not about just letting go, giving up and hoping for a miracle to land in your lap without doing any of the creative or co-creative work or taking any action. That's just giving up, right? We are active creators with spirit. We are active co-creators in the manifestation process. So yes, there's a divinity. There's a quantum realm that we can't see that delivers energetically what we're a match for, certainly, but we're part of that equation. And so what we do, how we show up, how we energetically meet moments, challenges, goals, desires is a part of that creative process. So if we give up, something's not just going to come into our space from that place because we're in the energy of giving up versus surrender, which is kind of like an active process. It's like detaching from the fixed outcome while still like focusing on what you want. So that's why I say like this or something better. So it's like this, I want a million dollar business or something better and being open to what something better is, being open to the timeline of that. 
You know, you might say, I want a six-figure business in a year. Maybe Spirit's plan for you is that you're going to get it in two years or three years. But if you give up, you're never going to get it, right? So it's being open to the how. It's being open to the delivery of your desires, but also having an understanding of what it is that you do want to create, that you do want to take action towards, move towards, be committed to. And I think the key to this is releasing the need to know how, focusing instead on what you want, why you want it, and knowing that it's yours no matter what, but the delivery, the how of it is just not totally up to you. But what is up to you is like, what actions can I take today? How can I love myself today through this challenge? How do I want to meet myself in this moment? What feels good today? What feels uncomfortable but expansive today? And leaving room for miracles and divine intervention, but not giving up on what your goal is. Giving up is not spiritual, even though people like to pretend that it is. You got to know that what you want is yours, even when it looks like it's not happening, especially when it looks like it's not happening. And this is why launches are often so emotional for people. I mean, even with this understanding, they can be kind of emotional, to be honest. But when they're incredibly emotional, it's because it's like the energy of knowing that it's yours has disappeared. Right? And the need to give up or the story of you should give up starts coming in because it's safer and more comfortable to give up. And it's less comfortable to be committed and surrendered to how your desire is going to show up. It's less comfortable to admit that you only have 50% of control and 50% is what you're an energetic match for. Or you can look at it with a glass half full attitude and say, okay, cool, I've got 50% of the responsibility. I've got total ownership and control over what moves I can make today, how I show up, what I share, how I treat myself, that email that I can send, that podcast I can start, that letter I can write someone. Like we actually have so much ownership and so much responsibility that we can be sovereign with but when we give up we're just giving it all up right we're not in surrender surrender is knowing what you want being committed to it but not attaching meaning to the way that it's going to happen how it's going to happen instead just bringing awareness to like okay well what can I do right now what's available right now what moves feel nourishing and available to me in the now because all we have is now when you get to the future when you have your dream when you have your million dollar business or beyond that you're still going to be in the now (laughs) so it's like a lot of the time we just need to come into the present moment and not fixate so much on everything that we want to happen and trying to make it happen really quickly and actually just focus on okay well what is the power of now as Eckhart Tolle would say. And yes, I spoke previously about connecting to your future self. That's important, but it's not something that I'm doing like in every second of every single day. And it's certainly not something that I'm using as a reason to feel shit about the present moment, right? I'm using it as a mirror for inspiration of what I can do in the present moment. 
So if you find that visioning your future self all the time is making you feel like dog shit, don't do it, right? Focus on the now, focus on the powerful moves you can make in the now and focus on how you can surrender in the now too. So maybe meditating if you're noticing that you feel anxiety over a launch or if you're feeling really deflated in a launch, go do something that makes you feel excited so that you can show up with excitement versus thinking about what's the sales going to be in two weeks time. Focus instead on like, well, what is here for me today? What can I commit to today? What can I surrender to today? And then take each day as it comes. Because if you can master this in the now, if you can master this at the early stages of your business or even the lower stages of your income growth, you'll be able to do that with the bigger amounts of money. A lot of the time my mind thinks, I'll just be fine, I'll just be confident, all of these problems will be eradicated once I get to six figures, once I get to 10,000 followers, once I get to this level of revenue or sales, and once I have a team supporting me. But I can tell you now that if you don't clean those things up or integrate them or feel powerful and aware around them early on, they're just going to come up in even bigger ways when you have bigger amounts of money coming in and more responsibility. So it's a really beautiful, responsible thing to actually do this in the early stages and always throughout your business so that you can actually scale with really steady foundations, emotionally, energetically, spiritually. Now, the sixth piece is I do what it takes even when it's uncomfortable, especially when it's uncomfortable. So a lot of people say that they're going to do whatever it takes to start a business or to scale their business. But as soon as it gets uncomfortable or they feel tested or they feel challenged, then it's like, okay, I'm going to retreat now. I'm going to go back into like my patterns or maybe I'm just going to like get this job or, you know, they'd kind of like bring one foot out. They kind of look for the back door. They look for the escape route. They look for the reason that it's not working. But it's like you have to have, like I said in the first piece of this podcast, this decision that you will do what it takes. And this doesn't mean like forcing and like doing all this shitty stuff to try and sell a bunch of things so that you make some money. But it's like doing what it takes, especially when it's uncomfortable. Because if you can hold yourself in integrity, in your strength, in your resilience, when your business feels uncomfortable you're going to be able to hold a lot of joy, a lot of success, a lot of recognition, a lot of visibility, because they're the flip side of one another. The same way we can experience really ecstatic joy and love because we've felt what grief feels like. We know what light is because we know what darkness is. We know what daytime is because we know the contrast of nighttime, right? So these polarities empower each other so instead of seeing challenges in your business as like this moment of ah well I did everything I could and I'm just going to give up now it must be me I must be the problem it's like no this is the time to strap your seatbelt in and to be like I'm committed to this and it's a really powerful trait to have as an entrepreneur but it's also a trait that you can strengthen and cultivate and build as an entrepreneur And the great thing about business is, is that business is going to tone this muscle again and again and again, right? You have to do what it takes, not just when it's comfortable, but all the time. 
if you're committed to your vision and your legacy. And sometimes understanding what it is that your legacy is or even just reflecting on what it might be, what's the bigger vision that you have for your work over a lifetime? How do you want to leave the world? What mark do you want to make? What's your why? Understanding that can help you to do what it takes when the going gets rough because you realize that what you're doing is so much bigger than this moment of discomfort. The impact that you're making is so much more profound and it's so much more important than you feeling uncomfortable emotions for a period of time and it helps you to keep going. So the seventh piece now is bringing all of me to my business, but at the same time, recognizing that my business isn't all of me. This is like the conundrum, right? So I really love and believe in creating a business where I get to bring all of me to the table. So it's why I'm not like in a really strict or narrow niche but I bring the essence of me into everything that I do. I like to bring the different dimensions of my personality to my brand. I like to have variety in my company, you know, podcasts, different kinds of programs. You know, I like to shake things up because I am an adventurous person. And so I've built a business around the kind of person that I am. I've built a business where I can be myself. I've built a business where I don't really feel imposter syndrome too often because it's like I'm just being me and being recognized for that. But at the same time, it's been a really important lesson for me to understand that the biz isn't me, right? The biz is built around me. The biz supports me. The biz amplifies who I am in the world. But I am not my business. I am not like we're not one entity, right? We're two entities that coexist and play together. And I think that this is important because there can be moments where you get really fixated on success in your business and it's directly playing into insecurities you have around how good you are or how good enough you aren't. (laughs) And I've definitely had moments in the past and even occasionally it still comes up in really strange little ways now where I realize that I'm enmeshing my self-worth with how the business is doing. And I think that every single time I recognize that and step outside of that, the business always like does really well. That's the irony of it. But at the same time, I am at the center of this business. I have the steering wheel. And so I have to really focus and be really responsible for my self-esteem as a human outside of my brand, outside of who people see me as online outside of, you know, the recognition and almost like the fame that can come with being visible in that way and recognize that me just as the raw natural Amy Rushworth is worthy just as she is. And I think it's important because sometimes when we're high achievers, we can start to get a bit entangled in our businesses and the success and the metrics. And those things are really beautiful to celebrate, but they don't define who you are. And the eighth piece that I want to share, and you would have heard me say this so many times, is that I know that my beliefs are creating my reality in so many ways. And so if I want my business to be growing and expanding and scaling and holding more energy and having more impact, I have to get my beliefs in alignment with the things that I want to happen. And so this is a really deep responsibility and a deep honor because I know that my beliefs are not only creating my reality, 
They're actually a symbol for the realities that other people are creating through coming into my spaces, through learning from me. And so it's so important that I'm embodied in my work. It's so important that I'm embodying the actions, beliefs, behaviors, and the kind of paradigm that I stand for in the world. And it doesn't mean that I do this perfectly 100% of the time because I'm a human and we all have, you know, weird stories and beliefs and things that we move through. But I actually see it as a really integral business responsibility for me to recognize the beliefs that are shaping what's happening in the business. And it's also incredibly empowering because it's like, now that I have a seven figure business that's still growing, I'm like, wow, my beliefs in myself and this vision and this legacy are what created this. My belief that I could do something like this, my belief that I could be this kind of person, that I could have a seven figure business that's based on pleasure and sex and magic and money and all of these weird topics that most people think are like fucking crazy. Like that exists because I believe that it could. And so I think that this is such a monumental one to wrap up on, to recognize that anything that you want, you have to believe with every ounce of your being that you can have it. And if you don't believe it, it's our responsibility to go and do the work, the healing and the embodiment around it so that we can bring that belief into the material world. So it's like, the heavy responsibility, but also the most liberating, expansive responsibility when we recognize that our beliefs inform our emotions, our emotions inform our thoughts, our thoughts inform our decisions, our decisions influence our actions and our actions create our reality. So it's like, how do we reverse engineer that process? So if you want your reality to be a seven-figure business, you want to be a seven-figure business owner, you want to have some kind of dream or desire come to fruition, how do you reverse engineer it? And sometimes that's by taking the actions that then send the ripple backwards in that sequence so that eventually your beliefs are disconfirmed and new beliefs are able to be born as a result. On that note, if you have loved this episode, if it's really resonated with you, maybe it's activated you as well, I really want to invite you to jump into the show notes, click on the link for Unapologetic that's launching for 2022. It's currently at the early bird price. It's going up on December 6th. This is for you if you want to ignite your spicy business rebel, you want to untame your leadership and say yes to an exponential year. I don't use that word exponential lightly either. This is going to be a massive activation. It's going to explode you into your next level of being a badass entrepreneur, being able to embody and integrate all of these ingredients and principles that I've shared in this episode and being in proximity to me as I'm exponentially expanding as well. I can't imagine what's on the horizon for 2022 after the year that I've just had. So that's super exciting. The women inside already are so amazing. All different kinds of business owners, different stages, different walks of life, different ways of approaching business, but all here to 
jump in and step into that unapologetic essence in 2022. So you'll know this is for you if you've loved this episode, if you're a coach, a content creator, an entrepreneur of any kind, and you have a hot desire to make bold waves online and in your business, and you're ready to meet that next growth edge. You're ready to move from meh to just like cruising along into full-on overflow, activation, and through that, trusting yourself even more and trusting yourself to hold more, to hold more money, to hold more visibility, to hold more boundaries, to hold more people inside of your business or more clients inside of your containers. You'll know this is for you if you really resonate with my style of teaching and coaching and transmitting or you feel like you would and you're kind of bored of most other business coaches and definitely for you if you're wanting to have like that group experience because this isn't just like me leading you, this is a group leading the group. So you're going to be surrounded by rock star women who you can expand and share ideas with and mastermind with and celebrate and just be in the trenches of entrepreneurship with, which is so powerful. This is why I personally prefer mastermind spaces for myself, because I feel like instead of just one person being the mirror, you're in a kaleidoscope of mirrors all around you, and you get so many different things from different people in this space. You'll know that unapologetic is for you if you want to really up-level your boundaries Definitely for you if you've already worked on your boundaries, but then you've had situations where you've had clients who you couldn't win with or boundaries being crossed in your community and it made you question yourself. So it's really for you if you're ready to go into that next level of feeling really calm and grounded in your boundaries, up leveling those boundaries and, you know, where new ones need to be set. Uh, It's also for you if you're wanting to explode your expression online, bring more of your multidimensionality online, embody your wealth identity, embody your spiritual identity, embody your luxurious identity. And it's for you if you're not available anymore for censoring yourself, faking it till you make it, fake strategies copying, like all of the stuff that can happen in this industry and on the business pathway, you are ready to like rise completely beyond that into a dimension of badass power and confidence and self-leadership. So you'll know you already feel it in your body right now as I'm saying this, if it's for you. The thing I also want you to know about this space is that there's not going to be any weird and off power dynamics between me and you and between the women in the group. Fuck the hierarchy and the secrecy between women. This is something I'm so passionate about restructuring in the world. I am someone who loves to share all of the secrets, all of the ways that I do things with other women. I don't want to keep it to myself. I don't want to withhold it. I don't want to be in competition with anyone. And so I really believe in bringing that essence into my containers and encouraging women to meet their sisterhood wounds and transcend them through sharing and rising together. So I'm so excited to be creating a group built on that foundation. And lastly, what's going to happen inside of this container is going to be really diverse and multidimensional 
We're going to talk about strategy. We're going to talk about sales. We're going to talk about trusting yourself. We're going to talk about launches. We're going to talk about boundaries, attracting soulmate clients, refining the soulmate client as you grow. We're going to talk about moving from plateau into overflow. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about wealth. We're going to talk about self-expression, content creation, marketing, healing the witch wound, how your ancestral blueprints play into your business and how to transcend and heal that. We're going to talk about healing wounds between women, comparison, jealousy. We're going to talk about spicy strategies for launches and sales. We're going to talk about so many things, so, so, so many things. I'm so excited. And there's so much support inside the container as well, even though it is like a broader group container. We're going to check in every single week for manifestation and accountability. We're going to celebrate each other every week. We meet on two live calls a month. They're recorded in case you can't make them, although I do encourage you to come live if you can. Uh, and every quarter, so four times throughout the year, we do these big online events that are these activation ceremonies, and we have incredible guest experts coming in for these, including the content queen, Tori Feldman from Sacred Ancestry, and Alexis from She Heals Co., and she's amazing. If you're in my membership, you already know Alexis because she is one of the guest facilitators inside of Orgasmic Ascension membership. And I knew I had to have her for unapologetic as well because she is just fucking amazing. And same with Tori and same with the content queen. These women are exceptional and I knew I wanted to hire them to come into this space because it's such a special space. So that's the gist. There's even more. The early birds can come to the party in Mallorca as well. I mean, go to the sales page if this is lighting you up and read all of the juicy details. There's so much more to this container than I can even describe to you now. Otherwise, it would just be talking for an hour. So if you're intrigued, give yourself permission to just go look. Like even if you're thinking, oh, I don't know, you've got money blocks coming up or you're feeling intimidated or you're not sure if it's for you, just give yourself the gift of looking. Give yourself the gift of reading the sales page. Give yourself 10 minutes or 15 minutes to just sit there and feel into what your future self says about Unapologetic and this container. And then give yourself permission to trust whatever your decision is from that point. But don't deny yourself even looking. Don't deny yourself your desire because you've been jaded in the past or you're afraid or you're waiting to feel ready. Because the thing is, you're never going to feel ready to do the really big, amazing, juicy things in life. Because then you, you just get yourself together, you look over the edge and you jump and you know that the net is going to appear. So that would be my advice if you are intrigued and you're stopping yourself from, you know, even considering the idea. Give yourself the respect and the dignity to at least entertain and at least reflect on whether a container like this is for you. I love you lots. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you all so much more than you'll ever know. It lights me up to see you listening to the podcast and to know that it's helping you. So I hope that this has been incredibly impactful for you and I'll see you in the next episode. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Thank you so much for tuning in today, Queen. I've loved having you. I hope this episode lit you up and exploded your soul and your heart and your yoni and your intuition. 
If you want to play together, you can come and join me on Instagram. This is Amy Rushworth. You can also download my really amazing free abundance bundle from the episode show notes. You can find other juicy details there. And I can't wait to see you so soon in one of the next episodes. Until then, keep shining, keep blazing, and keep unapologetically living your best life. I love you lots. I'll see you soon.